Find Cody Willard and Kirk Spano on Scudify and on the Scudify apps for iPhone and Android. Become a better investor. Whoa, no, boo, ho, we get a clue, yo, do I blew your mind from you, you to Soho. Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls, get around like hobos, yo, we be tearing it up. And you gon' get it, how you giving it up? Why you giving it up? Live, live, living while you living it up. See, I thought I was rich till I got rich and found out how rich rich can get. Welcome back to another episode of Cody Underground. I am Cody Willard, and today I have another special guest, my friend Perk Spano from Blue Mound Asset Management LLC in uh, Wisconsin joins me today. I'm a big fan of the guy initially for MarketWatch, but now we're uh, really tight on Scudify. Kirk? How are you doing today, Cody? I am doing excellent. Before we get too far in, tell people a little bit about yourself and your business and, uh, you know, just a 30-second sort of elevator, not pitch, but idea of what you do. Sure, you know, those reformed brokers went out and started an investment advisory um, from a middle class working family. So I also write a, a couple of investment letters that one that's offered on Spotify. Uh, awesome. And um, let's jump in. You I, talk about oil and energy. You have uh, written a lot about it and published some very interesting and compelling reports on the oil and energy circuit and the best ways to invest in it on Scudify, but tell us, just give us an overview of sort of how you're viewing the energy and oil sector. Right. Well, you know, I, I think a little background uh, makes some sense. Back in 2011 and 12, um, I was pointing out to folks that fracking would be a game changer. And, you know, it's turned out to be a, a very big deal uh, because it's, you know, very directly linked to the plunge in oil prices because of the in, in extra de- supply that we have now. So back in June, on June 5th on Market Watch, and then I repeated myself in July, I told everybody that oil prices were going to drop a lot. Um, I pointed out that they would go to the bottom of the normal price range, which is around $80 a barrel. And I said that there's a pretty good possibility that it breaks through that normal range and on some sort of an event or action by OPEC, or as it turned out, an inaction, uh, oil prices could plunge. So I told my subscribers uh, to, to sell all their oil stocks and our oil stocks. Um, I should have shorted oil uh, much more than I did. You know, who knew? Um, could, could could have been a, on an island right now if I had shorted oil with all my money. But, you know, right now, I think that the technology that brought us fracking is a game changer. You're going to see low oil prices relative to what they were for a year or two at least. Um, I am not of the opinion that we're going to see permanently low oil prices because the actual cost to get it out of the ground really needs to be exceeded um, or, or there will be big cutbacks in production. So by next year, not, not really this year, but by next year, we're going to see cutbacks in production 
Uh, will it be enough to offset the supply-demand imbalance, which we have right now? I, I don't know. You know, there's about a 2 million barrel a day excess production right now, which is a little over 2% because the demand is in the 90 million of barrels per day. Uh, and we don't really have expanding demand at the moment. Um, so figuring out that exact situation well, all right. so, Kirk, is quite hard. In that view, I know let's talk about some of the the stocks in the oil and energy sector itself. Is there buying opportunity here given that underlying view? And if so, give, give us two or three names that you think are good for sure. the portfolio. Sure. You know, right now you can just start nibbling uh, during the down weeks. And the companies you want to focus on are the ones with really good balance sheets uh, because if this lasts a little longer, they won't be in trouble. And if other companies get in trouble, they might be able to acquire more assets on the cheap. So the companies out there with uh, really strong balance sheets that I uh, they're kind of in that mid-size oil company. You know, they're not majors. I don't really, uh, I'm not really going after the majors. I'm going after the companies that maybe the majors buy in three, four, five. It would be companies like Encana. Encana's got a spectacular balance sheet. Uh, they have very good rocks. You know, What's the stock symbol? Uh, ECA on Encana. Okay. So that's one that I've been nibbling on. Um, I've traded Marathon Oil. Uh, probably will be looking to establish a, a position on them. They also have a great balance sheet. And, you know, with, with Encana and Marathon, you know, they both have so much flexibility that, you know, if oil does stay down longer, uh, it'll be a different opportunity set because they'll start acquiring other companies. Uh, two other companies What's that are... What's your time horizon on, a, on building a position? Are we talking you're going to take all of 2015 to build up a full position, maybe doing one-fifth at a time, tranching into it on weakness over time? Or are you talking in the next two months or... Two years. Give us some time horizon on a scaling into the position and b what the payout is. This a forever position or is it something that you'd look to exit then in five or ten years? Sure. Well, the way I do the tranching in or the scaling in is for me a starting position is either a half a percent or one percent of my portfolio, and then I then I add in those increments. A full position is 4%. The double position is, you know, 8%. Um, I don't expect any of these companies to become double positions unless we get one of these great big blow-off bottoms. Um, and then in that case, I'd be looking to buy leaps. So I don't know if, you know, some people would consider this a blow-off. You know, I don't know that we've seen the hands in the air throw everything away um, selling quite yet. You know, we've seen selling, but not... Well, right. In some lot. sense, you want to let time and price show you the way. And yeah. if this is a blow-off, it is what it is. You started scaling in. But if you truly get what you then view as a no-brainer buying opportunity because it's such a huge blow-off, some of these existing positions will be down somewhat even significantly 
But then you will be looking to scale, according to what you're saying, you would be looking to scale in to maybe even up to an 8% position in some of these names at the right price, at the right time. And it just depends on what the markets and the universe brings to you in that sense. Right, absolutely. So, you know, one of the mistakes that I see people make over and over is they jump in too fast, right? They don't scale in, they don't go slowly. Now, I think, you know, and I have to allow for being wrong, but I think that the bottom in the oil stocks is probably the second quarter, maybe the third quarter, because that's when the, um, you know, a lot of their... Of this this year. You're talking a long-term bottom you'd be looking for. Right, because their hedges are starting to expire. Um, The low prices are, after several quarters now, starting to really affect them. Uh, Their top-line growth isn't going to be there anymore. So they're going to get pinched, you know. Okay, so I got, got in this same context, solar, wind, how do they fit into, um, and even peak oil theory, the idea that the world's going to run out of oil and prices will forever rise from here on out. Um, How do those things interact? Are the price points for each unit of energy that a solar cell produces going to drop in the next two to three years to make them truly, you know, even putting solar cells on top of your car to help run it and we, the demand for gas itself drops over time as these truly free and sustainable energy sources become so get, give you such a bang for your buck that they become the dominant force and oil is uh, no longer the dominant driver of energy prices. Right. How, how would think, all this play out? I, and I Big think question. you and I are, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's right. It's a gigantic question. I think you and I are headed in the same direction on this one. Um, I'm not positive that oil demand ever goes over 100 million barrels a day, which is what most of the you know most of the pundits are saying it'll get to later this decade or early next decade because electric cars are coming. Um, how long will that take? I don't know. Uh, probably in the 2020s, you see some real traction as the battery technology gets better. And even battery, even quote-unquote electric cars require some sort of probably fossil fuel-based energy source back at the energy electric plant to then charge those batteries. And that's where solar or wind or whatever the case may be. Yeah, well, natural gas, too, I don't think is as... I'm picturing solar because once you put it on your house, you can get off the grid except in emergencies. And the the uh, recurring demand of needing to refuel your pipelines with natural gas or propane or gasoline or any fossil fuel-based energy source is perhaps in the past. Right. And I, I agree with the general idea. Now, I think that it's going to take two or three decades before you see a major dent in natural gas. But oil, I think, and I dubbed this term on Market Watch, I think we're on the peak oil plateau right now. I, I don't know that we're going to be out of this 90-something 
million barrels of demand uh, per day for for a while. I I don't I see us going into the 80s before I see us going into the hundreds. And there's going to be demand. Is that because of economic factors or because of technology factors and alternative energy sources being able to fill the demand and re- displace some of that 90 million barrels that are current? Right. I, I think it's it's a revolutionary theme, right? It It, it is the... It's not going to be lower demand for energy. We're going to see higher demand for energy, but we're going to get it from different places. As you know, I'm a huge bull on solar. So I think solar is a big deal. Um, I wrote about Tesla in one of my Market Watch articles at the start of the year, the uh, 15 stocks for 2015. You know, Tesla is a hard stock to buy because Elon Musk is attached to it and it's always at a premium. But, uh, Boy, that's a that's a company that if they end up being the premier battery manufacturer, right, and and, and they end up kind of being the Apple uh, of the electric car market, right, getting a lot of the high end, high margin stuff. You know, Tesla could be dynamite. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to find ways to get into Tesla. Give us one your single favorite solar stock. I know you love First Solar, and I like it too, but I just love Sun Edison. I think their management is just incredibly smart. You know, when they were on the verge of bankruptcy, they knew to go talk to a financial guy rather than to try to finesse things. They they went right out and found an activist investor that helped us, and, you know, that stock was the top stock uh, in the mid-cap market in 2013. Uh, their global footprint is just uh, dynamite. I think it's so, all the right things. Stock symbols, by the way, FSLR for First Solar and SUNE for Sun Edison. Um, right. You're not just energy, though. And in the last few minutes we've got left here, um, what are, what is your, you know, what else would you like to talk about? You want to talk technology or ec- economy? Where, what, what, what's on your mind here? Well, I think there's huge opportunities in biotech, and I've devoted a lot of my career to studying it. Uh, One of the companies that I found back in 2007 when it was, again, teetering in distress, a company called Exact Sciences. Um, I've been on that one for a long time now. Symbol is E-X-A-S for Exact Sciences. Right, and I was buying that one in the ones. Now it's in the upper 20s. Um, that is a company that is going to help eradicate colon cancer the same way that the pap smear, which that technology was invented by the same guy, um, helped eradicate most uh, cervical cancer. Their projected revenues are pretty big. Okay, so let's talk biotech as a sector, too, here. I'm bearish on biotech. I want to short it. I want to buy puts on the IBB, the biotech ETF, there or something like that and sometime I think this year perhaps and the reason why is the business model itself I don't think is sustainable these guys are Gilead I don't know about exact science but the big ones that are out there they're doing 90% plus gross margins and they're selling these products basically to taxpayers who are funding most of 
the medical payment around the world here, and it's certainly in the United States um, these days. So the the and not just the Obamacare, but this this yeah. goes back long. You know, this is a Republican Democrat thing. It's not. I'm not. This isn't a statement on Obamacare itself. This is more about just the general trend. These guys make products that they sell into save people's lives, but the margins are at 90%. And I just don't see how that is politically sustainable over time as people continue to get upset about the rising cost of health care. Can you address right. that? Right. And there's a big demographic thing coming here with the boomers retiring. So you would expect, I think, and I know I expect it, for those margins to contract, right? So those margins have to contract. Um, the, mar- the biotech market is very overvalued right now, pretty much as, as a sector. So, I think well, so why do you want to buy a mar- Why would you want to then, going back to your statement, you're excited about biotech, why would anybody be interested in buying a, into a market that is having declining mar- facing declining margins going forward and is drastically overvalued right now. That's why I want to short it. Right. Well, and, and because I you know, steal your one of your words, I, I like to split that stuff. I like to play it both ways. So I'm not I'm not a mutual fund salesman. I don't have to be long all the time. So if I can buy put somewhere near the top, um, let the sector plunge for a year or two or three into that valley of death, valley of despair pricing, and then buy it down there. And I know that we both love doing the options. Um, you know, I can make more money in both directions. And then if I find a company like Exact Sciences that's at the front end of a revenue generating period, um, you know, I can actually put together a pair trade if I want to. Well, so would you then, I mean, is it, outside of Exact Sciences, are there other individual stocks in biotech that you like here, or do you generally suggest, you know, even looking at shorting some of the stocks? Yeah, I'm having a hard time finding companies across the board in the market to buy right now. Um, You know, I like Gilead, but I like them at maybe $70 a share, and right now they're, what, 100 so, you know, and then if that market gets oversold, you obviously don't try to catch the uh, falling knife. You know, who knows where the bottom is on these biotech stocks, right? So, you know, you got to be really careful about when you buy. I know people like to grab them because they say, well, it dropped 5 or 10%, I'm going to buy it. You know, you take a look at Gilead. They had that event a while back where they dropped, bid back up. You know, I think there's no doubt in my mind that it retraces back to that low point. So, you know, where would I buy Gilead? I don't know. I'd get interested in the 70s. Walking away here, what is your your final thoughts? What is uh, people listening here? What would you want them to know last year, walk away with? Well, I think that we're closer to the end of the bull market, the cyclical bull market, than the start. I think folks with dry powder maybe ought to be keeping some of it dry uh, because I think that at a minimum we're going to see volatility, and I think a lot of people agree on that. Um, And at worst, because of the disruptive uh, things that are going on in energy um, and geopolitically, 
you know, all the currencies are, are you know, I, I, I've read Rickard's books too. Um, you know, I think there's a possibility, I'm not predicting it, but it's much more likely today than it was back when the Fed was printing money left and right, uh, that we see a very significant correction. And I don't want to see middle-class working people get blown up again. Awesome. Kurt Spano, Blue Mound Asset Management. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, yeah, and thanks for everything you do on Scottify. I've really become a huge fan following you on there daily because uh, you keep it, you know, you, you, you keep people grounded. You, you help me try to keep some semblance of order in there and it's a self-policing community and it's uh, people like us that help that process play out. So check, everybody check out myself and Kirk, as I mentioned, on scudify.com, shamelessly plugging it here. Also find him and I on marketwatch.com. And thanks for joining me, Kirk. All right, they got the same old thing on the block, and I got the acid rock. You kidding, you be giving it up. And keep on giving while I'm living it up. Myself, I'ma take from the poor and give to the rich. And double high deep, I dig every ditch. And then be good in the game, like Joplin until I'm violated or quit. And I'll be living it up. And keep on living while you giving it up. And about the way he living Take a hit, make a hit, keep a tunnel vision Sign a deal with the fans, go to music prison Who believe you a prophet when you enjoy your music Get a clue, yo, do I blew your mind from Q, you to Soho, Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls, get around like hobos, yo, we be tearing it up, you gon' get it.